Hello, Vanderpump Rob's listeners. It's me, Rob, here again to remind you to join my Patreon. Patreon.com slash Vanderpump Rob's. For as little as $5, you can join in on ad-free and early access to all episodes. You can get bonus episodes for patrons only. I do live events like my Vanderpump Rules book club, live watch-alongs, lots of fun stuff. And also, you'll get the simple satisfaction that you're helping keep the lights on at Vanderpump Rob's. It takes me many hours to fully book, record, and edit these podcasts, and I'm just one human being, so any help you can give over at patreon.com slash VanderpumpRobs would be incredible. Now, on with today's episode. Welcome to Vanderpump Robs. It's a sexy, unique recap podcast that is chilling with all of its new news. Uh, I'm Rob Schulte, and with me, as always, is Molly Schwartz. Hey, Molly. Hi, Rob. Okay, so before we get into today's episode, I have to tell you about, you know, last week I told you about how I was going to talk to Sheena, and then that episode came out, and that was fun, and people can go listen to that all they want. But over the weekend, this previous weekend, I got to talk to Ben Rimmelauer. He was Luann's like cabaret director. But here's the thing. I wanted you on it. We couldn't make it work. It, it happens. People have different schedules. In the future, we will do that sort of thing. I'm just keeping the, the letters at bay right now. But that interview got spicy. You've, you've watched Housewives of New York, right? Yes, all of it. Yeah. There was a Halloween gala that Luann was performing at and Bethany was dancing with Ben and Ben was not mic'd up but they picked up the conversation between the two of them on Bethany's mic and apparently Ben said some stuff he thought was in confidence about Luann and it was this whole storyline that I had completely forgotten about and he talked all about it and it was juicy it was great so that episode's gonna come out soon i need to listen that would be such a weird experience just feel like you're talking to someone and not realizing that everything is like being literally surveilled yeah and he was like and let me tell you i had already filmed like countless scenes that i had bought outfits for to look the best i could possibly look they had mic'd me up and they didn't use any of them and then this one time i'm dancing with bethany in this loud ass environment sure and yeah they picked it up and they put the chiron the 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 captions of what we said it was i cannot wait to listen uh molly i'll send you early access but everyone else will get it shortly um anywho we're talking winter house we're not talking real housewives there's going to be plenty of Real Housewives to talk about in the weeks to come. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Should we go over what's happened so far? Yeah, we can do just a little wrap up. So we had Austin show up late to the house and he wants to be publicly forgiven by Sierra. As we find out, they had a tryst first season of Winter House. Things did not go so well after that. Then uh, Luke and Jessica 
had a little bit of a start at a potential flirtation. It didn't really go anywhere. They made up last episode. Craig wore an apology jersey to try to smooth over the nearly physical fight between him and Luke. Uh, Tensions are rising between Paige and Craig. This is the longest time they've spent together as a couple in the same house. And Craig is having a lot of fights with a lot of people, which is weighing on Paige. And Corey and Jessica have a budding flirtation. There's so much more that like you can pick up on if you listen to previous episodes, audience members, or watch the show. But I think these are kind of the immediate things we've been trying to follow from episode to episode. Molly, I I gotta say, there's a couple of things in this episode. I mean, this episode was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so maybe I should just wait and we can get into it with season two, episode four, Highs and Froze. We're back at it. We've got a better pun sort of name. We were last week, Saints and Sinners, missed the mark. Yeah, I get it, but but someone was sleeping on that one. It could have been called. You know what? I would like to hear from our audience members if they had a pun name they would have used for that one. Let us know. Uh, but once again, I'm going to go with the BravoTV.com description, which had a grammatical error in it. Um, but Look I at fixed you that out here. Copy yeah. editing Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they do it quickly. Um, it goes like this. Tom Schwartz and Tom Sandoval arrive in Stowe just in time to ease the growing tension in the shared house and participate in the Arctic Games. Rachel makes the first move with Jason as Paige confides in Amanda on the slopes. While the housemates play games at a bar in town, Jessica questions where her friendships stand in the house. Hmm. Mm. More on that as we get through the episode. Now, I've added some talking points to our document here. Is there anything that you feel we need to address first and foremost out of these? I think we got to start with Corey and Jess. I feel like we start the episode there. We end the episode there. We get some more confessionals, some more of their inner thoughts. And it's honestly fascinating. In some ways, I feel like I need to eat my words because I was on here (laughs) previous episodes being like, games are stupid. They don't work. Can't you just be an adult and get to know each other? Meanwhile, apparently, I'm totally wrong. Apparently, games (laughs) work (laughs) for Jess, at least. It depends on the individual, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So... (laughs) Wait, I just read what you have on our shared document and you have to say it. You have to say this. <laughs> it seems that uh, Corey has only recently found out about the VH1 TV show, The Pickup Artist. Now, if anyone needs a refresher on what that is, there was a, a book called The Game where <laughs> journalist Neil Strauss followed around a guy named Mystery who weared big top hats and did magic tricks in order to win the affection of women. It goes a lot worse than that. Um, But mystery for some reason was the person they were like, needs a TV show where he takes nerdy men. I'm saying this loosely and teaches them how to be pickup artists. Generally don't need to trick someone into liking you. She already likes him. Also, it was funny after I brought up uh, that I was a little bit annoyed 
with the fact that Corey kept getting so mad at Jess for calling him Craig. That got even worse this episode. He literally was like, she called him Craig and he was like, all right, I'm done. And he like goes to bed and all of it is kind of teasing, but it becomes some running insecurity with her to the point that she literally thinks Paige might not like her because she keeps accidentally calling Corey Craig. I was just like, why is this getting so blown out of proportion? They both have names that start with a sound. Like, let's all calm down. And they both are, like, best friends. They were, like, they act very, very similar. Like, this is not a big deal. These things happen. (laughs) Of all the things that come out of Jess's mouth, I do not think her accidentally calling Corey Craig should be the red flag. No, not at all. I mean, I would have appreciated a little more pause at the Zillow for the metaverse job. (laughs) That one I think we should investigate and really question. But calling Corey Craig is not that bad. It it really isn't. And I feel like, so the Blocked by Jack's Instagram account uh, recently said that like, it doesn't look like Jess has posted anything about Winterhouse on her Instagram. But I also saw that Jess's Instagram might have been hacked by a crypto person. No. Yes. I I need to research further. But someone said they got a DM from Jess saying, like, are you interested in crypto? And I was like, no. No. Oh, gosh. Okay. Can I tell you, total sidebar. I was in Russia, as you, I think, know, for a journalism fellowship last year. It was a little bit of a disastrous experience. Russia went to war. We left. Anyway, um, I was writing when I was there. I wrote one article for the Moscow Times about new crypto regulations that were uh, coming out from the Russian government. And I reached out to a bunch of people on social media because I wanted to talk to like crypto miners and stuff like that working in Russia. My social media accounts have now become a cesspool. Literally, all that happens is I get these group DMs on Twitter from crypto people. I keep getting added to these random Telegram groups. Like, it's actually terrible. I do not recommend anyone ever engage with people about crypto on social media because you'll just get constantly contacted by, I think, mostly fraudulent projects. Here's another sidebar related to crypto. Someone DM'd the Vanderpump Rob's Instagram account and they said, hey, I want to support you on Patreon, but it Patreon doesn't accept Bitcoin. Can you send me your personal Bitcoin number so that I can do this? And I was just like, well, first of all, I don't have one. Like, I didn't say this to them. I'm not going to respond, unfortunately. Yeah. And sorry if you're legit and you like the podcast and this is something you actually want to do, but like... Through everything you just said, just getting hacked, the bots that I get anyway, like trying to get me to click links, it's like this is not a realm that I'm going to be able to venture off into. So uh, you might have to just use your credit card on Patreon like other folks until they change that policy. But Yeah, unfortunately right now things are just feeling real scammy, which is not a, which doesn't encourage me to click on any links. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm. What flavor?
flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. So, Corey's trying to play the game. He's got his runes and his top hats and his pearls and he's... You know, telling her she blinks too much or whatever they do. He's doing a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he's doing, you, you said it a couple of weeks ago. It's like, it's it's the whole negging thing. That's like the big takeaway. It's the like, oh, I'll tell you something that makes you feel not as good so that you have like reverse psychology. And it's just like, no, she's already said she's into you. At this point, yeah. you just have an adult conversation and you go forward in whichever direction you'd like. But they get to the point where they're like really drunk and she's like, I don't think we should beep. And he's like, well, I don't even want to beep you. And she's like, what? <laughs> like, like that's even she doesn't believe she's like, it. That has never happened to me before, which I was also like, what a humble oh, brag. Yeah. OK, oh, yeah. OK, Jess. I mean, yeah. And then she's like, now I am in love with you. So that's how that happened. So I'm going to jump a little bit further into the episode a little bit because it's related to this. Um, There is that conversation between Jess and Rachel where they feel like they're not fitting in as well in the house. And you can kind of tell the like personality differences between Jess and Rachel if you haven't been able to tell them this entire series so far. But um, Rachel's like, yeah, you know, I just don't feel like I'm clicking as well as I could. You know, and then it, I don't remember exactly how the conversation flows, but it becomes a thing where they're getting along more with the guys than they are with the ladies. And correct me if I'm wrong, did Jess say that women don't like her because she's good looking? Or was there something like that in there? Definitely. She said something which can be a red flag for me, although I don't always want to judge people, which she's like, usually I get along better with guys than women. She probably said girls. Um, It did feel like the undertone was that women feel threatened by her because she's hot and all men want to sleep with her. At least that's, I was definitely getting a hint of that. That's what I was getting <laughs> I, to. To me, I'm like, why don't you get along with women? Like someone's gender should not determine whether or not you get along with them. That's an interesting way to look at the world. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's the strict Baptist upbringing. In the teaser to the next episode, it feels like this will be more of a talking point. I also think that Jess is making an interesting play here. One we have seen on reality shows before which is she's playing the mean girl card, basically. Oh, yeah. We know that Amanda, Sierra, and Paige are good friends from before. And I do not know what... We're not getting 24-7 surveillance. Like, it's stuff is being filmed 24-7, but we're just getting these super cuts. Um, so I don't know how much people are interacting with each other. But I do know that Jess will be able to drive a plot line by saying there's tension between her and the other women in the house and everybody else is being a quote unquote mean girl. And it looks like this is going to develop into some drama. I have I've noticed observed in past seasons this can really backfire. Yeah. Like it might just be her bringing up something that she's genuinely feeling. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll just see what happens. But I just want to flag that like this has happened in previous seasons of Summer House. It's happened in previous seasons of many reality shows. And I don't know how it's going to go for Jess. feels like it's going to be one of those things where um, you, you learn from experience. I, I want to save our Tom talk 
for a moment. And I think that we can uh, just bring up what we kind of talked about earlier, that Sierra half-heartedly forgave Austin. And it was mainly just so they could be done with it. She's like, I'm done talking about it. I'm done with it being an issue. But you made a good point at the top of this episode where Austin wants to be forgiven publicly. Yes. It's pretty apparent in this episode where he's like, yes, let's go have a conversation together on this couch so that you can publicly do this more than just the dinner table. Like, also at the dinner table when we get the, like, cliffhanger next episode part from Saints and Sinners when, like, we're just waiting for her answer and she's like, uh... Yeah. <laughs> it's like the most like anticlimactic. It's, it's like this was our cliffhanger. Literally nothing happens at this dinner except Austin asks Sierra for for forgiveness. And he's just looking. He's doing the most to get some absolution on camera. Yes. Let me just say, he literally organizes an entire Saints and Sinner dinner party, dresses up as the Pope, just so that he can get an on-camera public like uh, forgiveness from Sierra. It's so, in some ways I respect it because I'm like, <laughs> that is so like convoluted. Oh, yeah. That's so much scheming involved. And I mean, granted he did, has not looked good on past seasons. Like people kind of hate him for the way he's treated Sierra. So I kind of get it. But Sierra did say in her confessional that they had had already a conversation privately yep. off camera. She's already forgiven him. And you can just see in her face. She's like, really? Yep. Like, this is what you need. It's not actually about our relationship. This is about your public image. It's just so awkward because, like, then Austin goes out. He's so concerned with his public image, yet he'll, like, pee out onto the back patio. And I think you said it last week, like, he's too comfortable being on television. Like, the things he did in (laughs) Summer House and now the things he's doing in Winter House, but he cannot put the puzzle pieces together that like as much as you want to orchestrate what this is you're also like your 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 id or whatever is <laughs> is definitely shooting yourself in the foot yeah austin's id Ooh, i like that <laughs> oh well one thing though we did get the full body of rachel's dress that we were hoping we'd get to see and damn it was so cool. Fashion corner, literally all the like really structural buckles happening in the skirt that was like kind of uh, almost not like a pleated schoolgirl look, but like almost. And it just had the buckle clasp at the side, but it's kind of open to her underwear. So maybe she was a sinner. Yeah, I think she was dressed up as a sinner. I think we could. Uh, <laughs> that has been close. Yeah. We can determine that she was dressed as a sinner, but the outfit was so cool. Yeah, very much so. Uh, we also get a little bit of her and Jason kissing in this. Like They kind of like bridged that gap of flirtation to physical contact. But recently, Rachel's been posting with another beau on her Instagram. So... I think we know that maybe this isn't going anywhere with Jason. A little bit forced. Not shocking, honestly. I know if it does feel a little forced on the show, frankly. Like, it's hard because in general, from what I can tell, I like him. I like her. I like the idea of them together. But there hasn't exactly been hot and heavy chemistry. Yeah. It feels like both of them are a little bit uncertain. Yeah, it's not just like flowing. If you can believe it, uh, Craig and Paige feel more believable than Jason and Rachel. Yeah. And one other thing I'll say before we talk about Tom and Tom is that 
still not much on Amanda and Kyle, but the Amanda and Kyle update is they are so comfortable with one another that Amanda wipes her boogers on Kyle. And I don't even know if they were intoxicated at this point. She just, I mean, hey, I'm no prude, but uh, I don't think I've ever wiped a booger on another human being because I felt that comfortable Can't with say. them. Can't say I have. I mean, they've been together for a while. True. I always am wondering how, I mean, the they have had so much couple content where they just have these surveillance cameras in their rooms, and I'm always just like, Oof, like there's been a lot of uh, bathroom moments with them. Yeah, but the booger wiping was a new one. Yeah, I did like in an earlier episode when Kyle was just like, no, this is the real deal. I need you out of the bathroom. (laughs) I know, I know. I was like, "Mm, relatable. But like, I sometimes do feel bad for them knowing that like literally any time that they audibly fart, like that will definitely be making it on the show. Yeah. Also, Side note, like, there's a lot of, like, sex that happens on these shows, but it feels like Summer and Winter House is the, like, it's very real-world Las Vegas. Like, they do not shy away from letting you know. Like, they don't even hint at it. Like, in other shows, it'll be like, yep, they're, they're off in their room doing their thing. But, like, this one, it's like, yeah, we've got, like, the night vision camera on and everything. I have heard from Amanda that she was blindsided after the first season because that's when her and Kyle were hooking up and it was kind of her first time. I don't even know. I don't think she was even on the full cast. Um, And she didn't realize they literally have microphones on the headboards of the bed. Oh, my God. So you and of course, like it's not a camera crew in there. It's just like the camera up in the corner of the bedroom. And so they're having like lots of sex because they're kind of like early in a relationship and you can hear everything. Everything. Which is why I think you see a lot of like, they actually, in some ways people aren't having that much sex on these shows. And I think because because they know that uh, all of it will be on television. And when they do, it is like at this point, I'm assuming very primal. Um, I cannot <laughs> stop my urges. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I simply must. So I guess yeah. that means that they really get like, you know, they capture the best sex scenes because they're ones that are like, my need for this overrides any embarrassment I will feel about all of America seeing it. Hi, Craig here from the Bachelor Masters podcast. Do you watch The Bachelor shows ironically, like we do? Do you think critically about the socio-political ramifications of what occurs in the shows, like we do? If so, we're the podcast for you. We, The Bachelor Masters, combine deep dives into the show's problems with jokes and even some sound effects to deliver what we think is a well-rounded podcast you'll enjoy after every episode. So give us a listen, as ironically as you want, on your favorite podcast app. That's The Bachelor Masters, a bridge burner podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, Priceline. Tom Schwartz and Tom Sandoval have arrived. It's great. They came with a bunch of energy that I think was needed at this point in the series. I just, it made me realize, I was like, I take back everything I've ever suggested about Summer House or Winter House being better than Vanderpump Rules because Vanderpump Rules is just better than them all. And you could just see it with Tom and Tom coming in. It was like, oh, this is a different energy. It doesn't feel forced. We don't need to play drinking games or have these elaborate theme parties to get up to some hijinks. It just feels so natural with them. It's so breezy. They are so good at kind of immediately emotionally connecting with everyone. Tom Sandoval is instantly on the guitar writing basically the theme song for the show like (laughs) as soon as i saw them in their joint confessional i was like honestly this is better than i even imagined it would be oh yeah and i i was worried at first when we got joint confessional that i was like are we not gonna get like individual thoughts too is that like is this their episode And that's it. We already know they're at least going to be in next week's episode, but we didn't know that at first. And I thought like that was some sort of like planning that we would just be like, hey, we're here experiencing it. And we get one confessional and one episode together. But no, they started separating into other personal confessionals. And as we both probably know, but I'm not sure if everyone knows, like they film everything and then, like, weeks later, they come back and, like, show the people clips and then do the, like, talking heads, confessionals, that sort of thing. So I think one significant thing we got to talk about is that Kyle asks Schwartz about his life and that because Schwartz's dad has been sick and he's going through, you know, the what we now know is the divorce with Katie, but... I think everyone going into Winterhouse wasn't sure exactly the timeline of when this was filmed. And it was sad to hear in Tom's confessional that he's like, well, in actuality, Katie has already sat me down and officially issued me divorce papers, but I'm not ready to like make that a thing during filming or on the show. I just want to like let people know that I'm in a rough spot. And ugh, like, you know, Schwartz is, not without his flaws, let's let's be completely honest here, but it's still tough to watch someone going through a tough time. Yeah, it was really sad. I The one that really got me was at first in his confessionals, he's like, I'm lying to myself. I'm being like falsely optimistic, like kind of maybe things will get better. And then we later find out he's actually already been served divorce papers or however that works and the thing that really tugged at my heartstrings was when he was talking to kyle about what it's like for kyle being newly married and schwartz has a point at the end where he's just like just don't be like me don't do what i did and it feels so real and you're just like oh man like this is someone who's really going through some stuff maybe it's because i was a theater student and a cultural anthropology student but like tom's almost like overdoing it to like keep his guard up but like when he's like tugging on Kyle's shacket check what what did we shacket de- yeah. yes a shacket yes the shacket and he's yeah he's like you said please don't be like me but almost like smirking about it because he's like no honestly don't be like me i fucked up but like i'm being dramatic about it but then 
everyone swoops in with shots and he immediately like a light switch flips into party mode because he's like, I'm not having this conversation with fucking Corey. Who the hell is he? You know? Yeah. But it also goes to show you like, yeah, these people have friendships. It's like some of these people are connecting and communicating and have built relationships outside of the show. And yeah, uh, you can tell when it's genuine. Um, but yeah, like you said, breath of fresh air when they're in there. Um, can you believe how dirty this house has gotten, though? So disgusting. Everyone has just given up. Rachel had like one day where she cleaned the whole place. Then she was like, I'm not being everybody's cleaning service. And Tom Sandoval coming in and just leading the charge was the most refreshing thing I've ever seen. First of all, Sandoval in his confessional is like, you guys, don't be ashamed. Great job. You were great partiers. This is how the house should look such positivity he comes in ready to party rather than being disgusted and aghast as i probably would have been being like you didn't even like try to throw out the empty cups before i arrived (laughs) and then he gets in that sink with a plunger saying he's been a dish cleaner and he figures if he just starts cleaning everyone else will follow which i was like what a mature way to deal with it and it worked and the house got cleaned and i was like just the the mastery in like both being a good time and partying and getting everyone to clean. I was like, Sandoval, you're a professional. You are obviously a professional at this. (laughs) Made for reality television, but also made to like bump up any group dynamic. Yeah. And sometimes I do think on Vanderpump Rules, you have so many personalities. It's kind of nice seeing some of them in a different context and seeing that they really do have something that's entertaining to watch and they have this ability to bring out the best in other groups of people. And I kind of feel like that happens often when you see little Vanderpump cameos on other reality shows. Yeah. Thinking back to, I think it was season four or five of Summer House when, like they show a clip of it in this episode, but like when Schwartz and Katie and Kristen and Stassi, I think all come to the summer house for a weekend and that dynamic was fun but it's not tom and tom in winter house and i think there's also this like calculation that if it was maybe just stassi and katie that would have gone to the summer house we would have had more of a feeling but yeah there's also like there isn't a duo like tom and tom no to like just plant in another show it's great, but I want to see more of this. I, like you said in the last episode, like the moratorium has been lifted on cross-contamination and talking yeah. about other shows, and I like it. Although it is funny, like they still don't put it in the chirons or descriptions of people. It's like bar owner, bar owner slash musician. It's like just yeah. also put like Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> Like, it'll be fine. Now that you say that, I realize I just haven't even been paying attention to the Chirons, and I will going forward, because I bet they're hilarious. Like, trying to see them have professions for everyone who it's like, (laughs) we all know they're professional reality stars slash social media influencers. But let's see what you call them. Yep. Uh, In terms of the talking points of the episode, I think we can just get to the snow-related situations. They do an Arctic Games to kind of like... As we've seen previously, matching like peanut butter and jelly costumes. We've got the speed dating game. We've got saints and sinners. And now we've got new people, so we need a new group activity. They play these Arctic games that Luke sets up, and then they go snowboarding together. Um, Both Paige and 
Craig hurt themselves during the Arctic Games. <laughs> yeah. Paige just eats it. She like goes face yeah. first into the beer pong or the flip cup table. And Craig like bangs his knee on a rock. And when Craig does, he's like, game over. I'm done. I'm done with yeah. this shit. But Paige is like, I hit my fucking face directly on a table. And that didn't stop me. I still won flip cup. Such a champ. I mean, honestly, those games looked super fun. Anytime <laughs> Luke is doing anything outdoors, I'm like, yeah, that looks so fun. I You have a huge hill in your backyard. You're all just like sledding around. I do feel like it's interesting watching the difference between summer house and winter house because I'm like, there is something about winter that I think people just like let loose, let their inner child out. Like there is something magical about just cavorting around in this fluffy snow. Um, it looked like a really good time. Yeah, and I loved that like even though... Craig was being a little bit of a baby. Um, his team still lost, and he still did the underwear snow angels like <laughs> they said they were going to do. Yeah. Um, I, for me, when I see all these people doing this, I'm like, why aren't you all out there? I have rolled naked in the snow. Full confession here. You heard it here first, everyone. (laughs) You heard it here first. I lived in Finland. I did a few months in Russia. Like, it's impossible to go to these countries without having some point where you're in the Arctic, you're doing a sauna, and you jump into a pile of snow butt naked. And let me tell you, it's exhilarating. I bet. (laughs) If you want just like an instant adrenaline slash dopamine rush, highly recommend jumping into a cold bucket of water it hurts for a couple a couple seconds but then afterward you're like yeah it's it's amazing and uh if you're over the age of 40 consult your physician first yes (laughs) (laughs) i know i feel like i'm like last time i was commanding people drink at parts now i'm telling everybody (laughs) to just like dunk themselves in freezing cold water do not actually listen to me but maybe kind of listen to me actually on yeah. the cold water part. Like just if you if you're having a, a, a slow day, if you're experiencing a bit of malaise, no way to kickstart the system like a nice cold shower. <laughs> Hell yeah. I got to get I'm right behind that. Um, so to finish off the episode, when everyone's snowboarding and skiing, which Tom and Tom are good snowboarders. I yeah. did not I would expect, expect this. nothing less. And they're what? Like in their 40s? <laughs> yeah. And also, there's Big Bear. There's It's not like snow doesn't exist out here. Um, surprising. But Paige does admit to Amanda that she is reaching her threshold with Craig and his his uh, attitude. Well, I don't want to say attitude, just the way he's been the entire season. And I think it comes down to the point where they show that she gave him a snowboard for Christmas. And those things ain't cheap. And then he just didn't even bring it to Winter House, which seems to be the reason she gave it to him. That's thoughtless. And I think that was like just a a straw breaking that camel's back of the previous three episodes we've seen. Totally. It is interesting seeing the two of them trying to navigate being on this show together because to me, I'm also feeling like maybe they came in with fundamentally different approaches. Like Craig is there to be obnoxious and be loud and have no filter. And I mean, honestly, he's a professional reality person. It seems like that's his approach to it. Like in some ways, when Paige has tried to suggest something, he's like, no, I'm just going to be me, which I think could be read as just being obnoxious, but could also be read as like, this is my way of doing this 
kind of job, you know, whereas it seems like Paige prefers to do the like get along with everybody, you know, be part of the group and um, that it just, I don't know, she seems much more uncomfortable with conflict. And I would say, like, she has moments where she'll explode at people. But generally, as we've seen her on shows, she kind of tries to be someone who gets along with pretty much everyone. That's a really good point, because I'm thinking about it right now. And there's so many times that like, Jax will say, like, it's a TV show. I'm, I know what I'm doing. I'm making a TV show. And regardless of his behavior, like, that can go into Craig and I'm yeah. making a TV show. That means I've got to trash the house. That means I've got to party hard. That means I've got to do these things. And to Paige, this could potentially just be like, I'm on a TV show, but I'm still going to act the way I act in group dynamics. Like you may not get full me. You may get polite me. You may get me at a party. You may get me how I interact with people in a group setting. But I'm not going into this saying, like, I need to be Winterhouse Page. Right. I don't know. I can't imagine, like, Jason being like, hey, I'm going to be Winterhouse Jason. It just sure. seems like Jason. You know? I mean, on some level, this is definitely his personality. And I don't know yeah. if that's necessarily what's going on. It just feels like they clearly get along with each other on some level and like each other because they're in this long distance relationship. But there's obviously tension that's being caused by them being in this house together on a TV show. And also something that I thought was interesting, seeing this talk between Amanda and Paige, which was sad. Like I felt bad for Paige. She breaks down crying. Um, is that she is saying that she, Amanda says at first, Paige, you've been quiet. And I think Paige says something about how she just withdraws. Like when this conflict mm -hmm. happens, her strategy is just to withdraw, which I am wondering if that's going to be part of the conflict between Paige and Jess. If Jess is like the, you know, these other women are being cold and distant to me. I'm imagining that if Paige is having a lot of trouble being there with Craig and taking the, taking also the brunt of his conflicts, and so she's withdrawing, if that might be why Jess feels like she's not being warm. I'm anxiously awaiting next episode. Uh, and speaking of next episodes, let's finish this episode. Hey there, have you ever watched a movie or TV show you're certain no one else enjoys? Is there a movie franchise that, despite some lackluster elements, you must consume it in its entirety? Are you tired of folks taking silly media just a little too seriously with their negative reviews? Then you've found the right podcast. Welcome to Bill and Rob's An Excellent Adventure, available wherever you get your podcasts. That's Bill and Rob's An Excellent Adventure, part of the Bridgeburner Podcast Collective. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We've added our Snow Angel and Avalanche section, 
Molly, would you like to go first? I'm going to go with my snow angel first. And honestly, it's such a boring one. It's just the Toms. Come no, on. There's nothing boring about the Toms. This is great. The Tom, just them coming in the house, the joint confessional, their jokes, their guitar playing, Tom Sandoval's kilt. Honestly, like sometimes <laughs> there are moments in VPR and Vanderpump Rules, um, not because VPR could be Vanderpump Robs. We know this. Yeah, that's but true. In, but, yeah. <laughs> but in Vanderpump Rules, there's some moments where Tom feels so extra. And somehow seeing him in this different environment, I was like, give it to me. Like, <laughs> I'm here for all of it. The sequin jacket when they go out to the club, too. It's great. And somehow that's different than when everyone else went out to the club in like episode one and they're like, they're going to tell that we are not from around here. It's like, that didn't have to be said. Like, Tom is just going to be Tom. Whereas in that yeah. episode, we talked about how everyone just wanted to be known that they weren't from around here. Tom doesn't care. He's just going to wear his most extras outfit. There's just an element of silliness that they bring. And it feels like at this point, they've been doing this for a long time. At least it felt to me like their ego isn't so much a part of it. Like, they're there to have fun. They're there to entertain each other the people in the house, the world, like it just felt fun. I was so happy to see them on the show. Me too. Um, my snow angel is of course, Tom Sandoval's bolo tie that he yes. wears in their group <laughs> confessional. It is like a tiger. It's some sort of wild cat that is about the size of my fist. And it, I mean, it's a bolo tie. What else could, how else can I explain it? Except that like the only thing that would make it even more extra is if it had like emeralds for eyes, because that thing, I couldn't focus on pretty much anything else that was going on. And I'm real glad he wore it. Say what you will about his style. It may be for you. It may not be, but wearing a giant wild cat style Bolo tie was amazing to me in this episode. Hey, a snow tiger, maybe it was. You never know. Yeah. Uh, I am so glad that Tom Sandoval has fashion-wise entered his Ellen John phase. Yeah, me too. I could totally agree. So um, do you have an avalanche, though? Something that was not as good? I do. And actually, I have to say, this is not an avalanche in that it upset me or that I'm unhappy that it was shown. It just was Tom Schwartz's divorce. That was the part that felt the heaviest of this episode. It felt like it was still evolving. Um, and it was just hard to see how, in some ways, I feel like we as viewers get to just enjoy the fact that people are living this unusual lifestyle. And I'm not saying, I don't. I have no idea about the inner workings of their divorce. I'm not saying it happened because they were on a reality show together, but it just was this dose of like real life and heaviness and sadness. And I hope everything is like, going well for the two of them but that was my avalanche for this episode yeah i you know something just came to me when it comes to watching vanderpump rules i've never really connected with katie very much you know she's not like a person i've been able to side with i haven't been able to side with tom schwartz either a lot of times but like there is something to be said that tom schwartz was able to break the information on the shows and Katie is going to be secondary in this. Mm, yes. That doesn't feel a hundred percent good considering mm. she initiated the divorce. 
I'm sure everyone's fine with it. It's months in the past at this point, but like there's an interesting dynamic, I think, going into it that way that Katie issues a divorce, but Tom gets to be the person who brings it up as a I screwed up, look at me, you know, situation on a reality show. And I'm sure we'll get more on this in the new season of Vanderpump Rules, but just something I want us to like keep floating in the ether as we continue into Vanderpump Rules season 10. And if we forget, audience, remind us we talked about this in this episode by DMing our Instagram account or emailing VanderpumpRobs at gmail.com. Um, my avalanche is similar to what we talked about earlier, and that is Paige saying she wants to smush her feelings down. And it it goes with everything you said, and I think it's going to have to... It will also happen next episode when this drama kind of comes up with the other ladies in the house. But she says she withdraws, but she also says she's like, when Craig does this, I just kind of push it because at one point... They wake up and Craig says, like, have you even been annoyed with me this whole time? How crazy. It's been such a great time. And it's like super cut of every time she's been like, Craig is pissing me off. It's like when we get the super cut of Sheena talking about Rob. Um, (laughs) But how, how unfortunate. Because, I mean, we've all had to, like, smush a feeling here or there. Or it's never been the right time or whatever. But just to, like, be able to see this edit and hear her say that definitely an avalanche moment for me yeah it was sad i know i did feel bad for Paige this episode it's hard it's already hard being in a group house with people just being around people all the time i think especially if one is an introvert which i think that Paige is it's just overwhelming. And I feel like there are just parts of yourself that you're just like, all right, I'm just going to smush, smush, smush this down so that I can deal with it later when I'm alone. But it's sad to see someone else going through it. Yeah. Um, So before we leave, we always kind of like to have any closing thoughts. And there's one I didn't write down because it came to me during this. They gave Hannah Burner so much shit for not taking out garbage. And now it's like they do not care about having a clean house at all. And of course, retrospect, being able to be a, an audience member and be like, oh, but remember when you said this? I get. But like that was such an epic moment. And Hannah, obviously, you know, warts and all, like, I'm sh- whatever. But like, they really came for her during that, like not holding up her into the bargain. Now none of them give a shit. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't about the garbage, Rob. <gasps> it's not about the garbage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Read between That's the my lines. Sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so complicated trying to navigate the maze of proxy fights that people are having on these. Because I'm always thinking, at least for me, I'm just assuming everyone's playing like three-dimensional chess. And I'm like, (laughs) they are arguing about the garbage, but there's something else going on. All I really want in life is someone... I want to like meet one of these people in real life and just dish and be like, so, what actually happened? (laughs) Yeah. Um, The only other thought I had, this episode... Gave me this like light bulb eureka moment because I am so used to like Vanderpump Rules watching these people from when they were early 20s making mistakes as you know becoming adults and growing with them that I have jumped into this episode or this show where 
everyone is in their mid to late thirties for the most part. And I, it clicked for me. Like these are all adults. These are adults doing these things. Like I get the disconnect when I've seen the people grow because I know all of the dynamics, but now it's just like, these are adults playing flip cup. These are adults arguing over who's going to do the dishes. These are adults, you know, just like yelling about trashing a house. And it is, it's the simplest thing that like, well, duh, but also like, I don't know, something just clicked with me. It's like very, very interesting. And I think it probably has to go a little bit with what you're saying of like how you enter a television show like this, like how you want to present yourself. But yeah, I mean, I was thinking that when you were surprised that the Toms were good at snowboarding, there was part of me that was like, yeah, they've lived on the West Coast, but they're also like in their 40s. They've had a minute to learn how to snowboard. Like these are people who are old enough that they've probably acquired some skills over the course of their lives. 100%. Yeah, no, but it is super bizarre. I will say my closing thoughts, this is a little bit evil of me. I'm kind of ready to see Jess and Corey crash and burn. Yes. I feel like both of them in their own ways are just being kind of the worst in my opinion. And uh, I'm ready to see them you know, get together and whatever happens after that. Oh, it's going to be so bad. It's their first season on an unscripted television show. And they, ha- they cannot see the giant semi that is heading right for them. And that is clear as day to all of us. And I am right there with you. Yes, very evil. But that's why we watch and podcast about these shows. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, everyone, you know, you can have an ill-fated romance and it's fine. We all bounce back. But I'm ready to watch it. (laughs) Yes. And I will have a full uh, bowl of popcorn for it. Or hey, and maybe some hot chocolate. It's winter house. Um, Yeah. Molly, thanks again for joining me on this episode. It has been thoroughly exciting. Until next week, Rob, I cannot wait to watch the next episode and dish with you about it. Yes. Now, a reminder, audience, if you'd like to support this podcast, much like you would support a uh, touring band that you'd buy a T-shirt from, you can support this show by going to patreon.com slash VanderpumpRobs. And for less than the price of a pump teeny, or hey, we're watching Winterhouse, uh, a lover boy, you can support and help keep the lights on at VanderpumpRobs. So that's all I'll ask of you, and we will see you next week on Vanderpump Robs. Goodbye. Bye. Wait, Rob? Is that who we're talking about? Yeah. I don't know that I said that much this evening. No. Rob's never mad. I've never in 11 years seen him mad. So Rob, he likes coffee with his creamer. Like, I can't wait for, like, Rob and I to get a house one day. Rob and I are going to have, like, two kids. Rob makes me so f***ing happy.